Welcome to the FDD Events Podcast. I'm Cliff Mate, founder and president of FDD. I'm pleased to share with you the following conversation. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast so you don't miss out on future FDD events. Good morning. It's Monday, November 20th. Israel has been at war for 45 days. I'm Jonathan Shanzer, Senior Vice President for Research at FDD, and welcome to the first ever FDD Morning Brief. This is a new FDD initiative after hearing from hundreds of journalists and Hill staffers, readers and supporters, there is simply too much Middle East news out there to digest. Our goal is to do the hard work for you. My colleagues and I are up at the crack of dawn every day, catching up on the news in Hebrew, Arabic and English, everything that happened overnight. You you can't possibly expect it to digest all of it. So that's what we do, lucky you. So tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers and colleagues, these briefings are free to the public. They are designed to give you all the news you need in just 20 minutes right before your workday begins, right here at FDD.org. So let's get to it. Uh, things are heating up today on the Lebanese-Israeli border. At least 25 rockets and drones have been launched out of Lebanon already today. And the IDF has fired back at Hezbollah positions. Meanwhile, there is still no deal with Hamas on the release of Israeli hostages, but Israeli media are reporting that a deal is close. We continue to watch these stories, but these are your top three headlines to watch today. Headline number one, the Israeli Defense Forces found found a massive tunnel at Al-Shifa Hospital, and the IDF released some damning video as well. Here's what we know. One very large tunnel dug more than 30 feet beneath the ground led to a blast door that Israeli soldiers have not yet breached. Uh, Some in Israel have been frustrated by the slow pace of Israeli revelations about Shifa, but the engineering corps are moving slowly to make sure that the hospital remains structurally sound and to make sure that Israelis don't trigger any booby traps. An apparent effort to supplement its modest, albeit significant, revelations thus far The IDF released video from October 7th showing wounded Israeli hostages being dragged into Shifa Hospital for treatment. Their whereabouts since then are unknown. So now what? Even with these two significant revelations, the Israelis are in a fierce battle for public opinion. The IDF released a simulation video several weeks ago depicting a military command center beneath the hospital grounds. They have yet to find that, even if other evidence has been revealed. What the Israelis have yet to say publicly is that there are another three or four Gaza hospitals that also contain Hamas military infrastructure. In fact, Israeli forces have surrounded the Indonesian hospital in northern Gaza this morning. In other words, another hospital incursion could be looming. This would, of course, spark another intense media battle. And as Cliff Cliff May, FDD's president, likes to say, there are no permanent victories in the Middle East, only permanent battles. Your second headline, uh, the Iran-backed Houthis in Yemen captured a vessel owned uh, in part by an Israeli company on the Red Sea yesterday. Here's what we know. After firing multiple rockets at the southern city of Eilat, the Iran-backed Houthis in Yemen have now added piracy to their 2023 war resume. The group took responsibility for yesterday's attack in the Red Sea. The goal, as noted in Hezbollah media this morning, is to pose a direct threat to maritime security in the Red Sea in order to foment food insecurity for Israel. Even more alarming, perhaps, a Houthi spokesman said the group is ready to send 500,000 Yemeni fighters to Israel if the situation in Gaza deteriorates. By the way, the motto for the Houthis, death to America, death to Israel, death to the Jews. So now what? 
Israel has no interest in fighting the Houthis, but Iran has every interest in using the Houthis to draw both Israel and the United States into a wider conflict. That's why Iran has also instructed its militias in Iraq and Syria to fire rockets and drones at American air bases. There have been more than 50 attacks on U.S. bases since October 7th. The regime is trying to build momentum for a regional war. American carrier strike groups deployed to the region to prevent this, but whether they can succeed in preventing a wider war, uh, war remains to be seen. And finally, your third headline, the Al-Aqsa Martyrs Brigades. Are they back in the West Bank? Here's what we know. This terrorist group is a splinter of the Fatah faction, which is the political party that runs the Palestinian Authority. Fatah is generally viewed as pragmatic, but the Aqsa Martyrs Brigades are anything but. They attacked Israeli forces multiple times over the weekend. The Israeli Air Force responded by taking out a structure in the West Bank that belonged to the group. So now what? While it has not been widely reported, the Israelis have been operating against West Bank terrorist cells nonstop since October 7th. Clashes are reported nightly on Palestinian social media channels that I follow. More than 1,500 terrorists have been arrested so far, according to Israeli media. And until now, the West Bank, surprisingly, has been the dog that hasn't barked. A wider conflict has been contained, but how long this can last is anyone's guess. The last time the Aqsa martyrs made a serious go at Israel was the second intifada from 2000 to 2005, when the group teamed up with Hamas and Islamic Jihad to wage a five-year campaign of suicide bombings. Is that where we're headed now? It's unknown. Those are your headlines. I'm now pleased to welcome IDF spokesman Jonathan Conriquez to discuss the latest on al-Shifa and the wider war against Hamas. Jonathan, are you with us? I hope you can hear me and see me, Jonathan. I can, Jonathan. Welcome to the uh, morning brief here at FDD. Good morning. Uh, good to see you again. So I want to get right to it and ask you, uh, anything new at Shifa? I saw the video of you on the premises. I saw some of the things that you revealed. We're wondering, have there been new finds at the Shifa medical military complex? Right. So what we, first of all, good morning to you and all of the people watching at FDD. Uh, what we exposed yesterday was another layer of um, let's say, evidence that I think is very indicative and very clear of how Hamas has been using Shifa over the years, and specifically since October the 7th. Uh, what we have not shown yet, but will show, is the vast underground infrastructure that exists under Shifa. We showed the world a part of the entrance to one of the tunnels, but as we speak, our troops continue to explore that specific tunnel, uh, what's beyond the first and then the second and perhaps the third blast door that we find there. But we are also exposing other shafts to underground infrastructure from within the compound of the hospital and also from buildings and structures from outside of the hospital, but that are connected underneath. Um, and I am fully aware of the burden of proof. Once you make statements and claims and allegations, of course, you have to back them up with evidence. And I understand that. And all of us in the IDF uh, understand that. And I think that is what we're busy doing, showing, not telling. Uh, I wish that we could work according to the news cycle and satisfy the appetites and the, uh, uh, the urge for clicks of international media. 
uh, combat doesn't work that way and Hamas doesn't uh, allow us to operate that way. But eventually, I think what we will show, and we're going to organize everything in a nice, in, in a neat website for everybody to be able to consume, will be uh, Shifa, above and below ground, military use, and uh, the civilian use. And we will see and prove so that it can be very clear for everybody who up until now has been choosing to look the other way, to lie, to obfuscate, and to condone and support terrorist activity by Hamas uh, using Shifa, it'll be very difficult for them to continue to do so once we explore everything. It'll take some more time. It will be done. And I am very confident after having seen it on the ground myself uh, and having spoken to the troops that are excavating, exploring, and uh, going uh, below and beyond uh, everything that needs to be done, uh, it will be exposed. And I think it will be quite clear for the world to see. Okay, thank you, Jonathan. We'll wait for additional updates uh, on that. Um, let, let me just ask you about perhaps what uh, is uh, around the corner. Uh, right now, uh, I've seen reports out of Israel over the last several days that Yahya Sinwar, Hamas's Gaza-based leader, and Mohammed Daif, uh, Hamas's military leader, are now in Khan Yunus in southern Gaza. These are arguably the number one and number two on Israel's most wanted list. Does this mean that the, the that Khan Yunus will be the site of the next major battle after northern Gaza? Well, I don't think that the specific whereabouts of any Hamas senior are what will dictate where we will conduct ground operations. Uh, but I think that they are, of course, important, and you're right in that, but I don't think that they are the pivot around it. What we're talking about is the uh, some total of Hamas military capabilities. And Khan Yunus and Rafah are two important, uh, the remaining two important cities in uh, Gaza. And underneath them, Hamas has significant infrastructure. Up until now, the IDF, let's say we've been in contact with and we've been able to, uh, to inflict heavy damage on, let's say, 10 or 11 out of the 12 northern battalions of Gaza. Uh, so let's say roughly half of Hamas fighting capabilities have been affected by the IDF, some of them to a very significant extent, as in battalions that are no more capable of fighting, and some with various levels of combat capability. That is not the story in the South. In the South, many of these battalions have only sustained limited uh, battle damage because they are hiding deep, deep underground and we have not gotten to them yet. We will get to all of those battalions and brigades wherever they are. It's a matter of timing. And of course, there's a very intricate uh, system here at play, which takes into consideration humanitarian considerations, the ability to provide for the basic necessity of internally displaced Gazans to make sure that we keep civilians out of the battlefield so that we can, can conduct military operations um, with using all our leverage that we need to bring to the fore. And I wouldn't want to rush things, but I would say that the situation in the north is relatively stable and we're making good progress and a good attrition of military enemy capabilities. And once that will be done, then of course we will have to focus elsewhere. I would like to remind everybody the aim of the war is to dismantle all of Hamas military capabilities. We never defined it into any certain area. We simply said we're starting in the north. 
Okay. Uh, I assume that also probably means some external leadership as well, but perhaps that's another conversation for another time. Um, if I, if I, if we can, I'd like to maybe just turn our attention northward for a minute. There's been a lot of activity this morning. I noted at least 25 different attacks coming out of Lebanon this morning. What is the latest there on Israel's northern front? Yes, massive barrage from Hezbollah today. Both what appears to be heavy, heaviest munitions that they fired so far that apparently hit an IDF post. We're still looking into it and assessing what was fired. And fortunately, there are no reports of casualties from that. But dozens of munitions have been fired at Israeli communities and Israeli bases along the border area and also miles into Israeli territory. Uh, it seems like an escalation up until now. Uh, that is more than what we've seen every day. Israel is, of course, responding to that with measured attacks on military targets belonging to Hezbollah in southern Lebanon, mostly close to the line of contact, but maybe even going a bit beyond that. And at the end of the day, we're seeing a continuous pressure of Hezbollah in the north, which can be mirrored by Iranian efforts on the high seas and by the Houthis to apply additional pressure on Israel. Just as you said in the beginning, it's a campaign that is run and funded and operated by Iran, where Israel is the target, Iran is the aggressor, and Israel is so far responding and defending, choosing not to retaliate significantly against Hezbollah or against the Houthis or against the Iranians, even though we have clear, strong legal grounds to do so. But we are instead focusing on what's going on in Gaza. That is where we are focusing most of our combat capabilities. And uh, hopefully, for the sake of Lebanon, uh, Hezbollah won't escalate the situation further. If they do, we will be forced to, and we will be ready to respond and uh, defend ourselves with the means necessary. Jonathan, just uh, one last question here before I let you go. Uh, anything uh, new on the uh, hostage negotiation? We've seen, obviously, multiple reports that things are close. Uh, 50 hostages released for 100 Hamas prisoners. That's the latest I saw do you have anything further to share? Yeah, many reports are out, lots of conflicting information, many chefs or cooks in the kitchen. And of course, uh, at the end of the day, uh, extremely high stakes because we are talking about human life and we are talking about families uh, and hostages that have been more than 44 days in Hamas captivity. Uh, as of now, I don't have news uh, that I can share and say that it is going to happen and how many people. I know I am aware that things are in progress, but we have to be extremely cautious when trusting any of the information coming out of Gaza, out of Hamas. These are known and um, established liars, people who lie for a living, who deceit, who have no respect, not for human life and not for their own word of honor. These are cowards of the lowest kind. So any information I think is really, really insignificant. The only thing that will matter is what we will see happening on the ground. And that is what will be guiding our activity in responding to whatever, hopefully, positive developments that we'll see. I can only say uh, on this is that the IDF will continue to operate on the ground and below ground and in the air in order to continue to apply pressure on Hamas on its leadership, on its combatants, its military 
infrastructure so that they understand that until we get our hostages back, there will be relentless pressure on them. Okay, tough words there from Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Conrigas. Jonathan, thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you, Jonathan. Other stories that FDD is following closely today. My colleagues Mark Dubowitz and Rich Goldberg are watching the impact of the $10 billion sanctions waiver issued by the Biden administration that will yield a massive windfall to Iran. The regime in Iran, as we know, is the primary patron of Hamas and Hezbollah. The sanctions relief is funding these actors that are launching rockets against Israel and the United States. My colleague Sinan Jidi is watching the escalating rhetoric of the government of Turkey. President Recep Tayyip Erdogan has been a funder and patron of Hamas for more than a decade. But as Foreign Minister Hakan Fidan warned over the weekend that Turkey may need to do more to prevent Israel's war against Hamas. It is unclear what he means, but the threat was unmistakable. And finally, my colleagues Mark Singleton, or Craig Singleton and Mark Montgomery, uh, as well as others at FDD, are tracking the battle over the Chinese app TikTok. Jewish Americans, including celebrities like Sasha Baron Cohen, Jerry Seinfeld, are decrying the app's role in spreading anti-Semitism. But the app is even more insidious. It, it collects data on users in China's bid for digital dominance worldwide. India has banned the app. The U.S. government has barred officials from using it. Is a wider ban coming? Stay tuned. You can read about these and other major news stories we track on our website, FDD.org. You can follow our work on X, the platform formerly known as Twitter, at FDD. And if you like our work, please do make a contribution at FDD.org backslash invest. If you enjoyed today's briefing, come back again and join us. We'll do this every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. My next guest will be former Israeli National Security Advisor Eyal Hulata, Israeli National Security Advisor Eyal Hulata. Until then, I'm Jonathan Shanzer, signing off for FDD.